Hi, welcome to another episode of the Autism Everyday Podcast. We are your hosts, Swati and Geeta. Welcome back. So here we are. We are actually sitting in New Delhi. Um, national capital. National capital, yes. Lovely weather. Um, a little bit polluted, yes. <laughs> but great weather. Great food. So we are here with our team um, because we presented some papers at the conference hosted by the Indian Academy of Applied Psychology. Um, just, it was an amazing experience, such a range of um, papers, so much research, so many young students, so many young minds. And, and so much research coming out of India, India in this field. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was really a great experience. Um, so here we are. And as always, we have many things that we would like to share and uh, talk to you about. And before we go any further, as always, if this is the first time you're tuning in, then there's so much you need to catch up on. So, uh, and, and we've heard recently that the Spotify algorithms isn't the best and our podcast hasn't been coming up for a lot of people. <laughs> so if this is the first time you're tuning in, then, you know, hit pause, go back and, you know, give a listen to all the episodes we've done so far. There's so much good stuff out there. And then come back and join us today. Yeah. So here we are, I mean, what we're going to talk about today? What, what is, is it? it? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we're going to talk about, you know, things to keep in mind when you talk to your service provider. Again, like most episodes and like most topics that we have done in the past, I think this is something we have spoken about a couple of times. I believe twice. We were going over our episode list uh, yes. a little earlier today. And yes. I think you pointed out that we've done this twice before. Yeah, yeah. But then there's always so much to say, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So, yeah. So, things to keep in mind when you talk to your service provider. Right. There's so much you would like to ask as a parent. There's so much you want to know. And time is limited. Time is limited, right? So, yeah, so let's look at what it is like. So, when do you even talk to your service provider? It's, you know, when your child's just received a diagnosis of autism mm-hmm. or someone says, someone being, well, a professional, someone says, okay, this child is at high risk for autism. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And of course, what we see in the current times is many times parents actually make the first move uh, in approaching a professional because they sense there are some lags or differences in the development of their child and um, so it's I mean it's so true that very often parents do recognize that you know there might be something that they need to look at and um, many times it's probably a friend or even a grandparent recently somebody said the grandparent actually said raised a doubt and said you know maybe you should have this checked out So, very often it's when you actually get a diagnosis or you actually um, get told that the child is at high risk for autism if the child is still a toddler, then it is more often than not just confirmation of a doubt, a doubt that already existed. Yet, it is emotionally hard when someone actually says, yeah, your doubts, you know, are true. Then it brings to surface every fear, every concern, every doubt. And then all these bits of information out there in social media and otherwise. There's a lot. So much. And, 
you know, you begin looking up the internet mm-hmm. and you can find articles and there's information, there's books, podcasts even, and then YouTube videos or the ever so helpful Instagram reels, mm. <laughs> you know, and, and you get so much of information and then, then you find the information triggering. Yeah. Now, why triggering? Because it might just confirm your fears. Yeah. And then you begin the journey, the journey of intervention. First filtering and finding and questioning professionals, fellow parents, just about anybody who you think might be able to give you some useful information, right? And then you embark on a journey that's just fraught with doubts, confusion, opinions and a journey that makes it so imperative for you to make choices that can have really like a very long-term impact for your yeah, child. Yeah, yeah. It's so much easier when the child goes, you know, is, is a neurotypical child and goes into the regular schooling system. <laughs> Everything is just taken care of, right? The child The enters. system takes over. Yeah, and then, the system takes over. You know, you're not at fault. It's the system <laughs> that's torturing your child. <laughs> well, the system takes over and you just go through that, that whole corridor and... You obviously know what your child is doing or at least is expected, expected to, to be, be doing. doing. Yep, yep. There is a curriculum and the child moves from one class to the next and so on and so forth. And then and you get a report card. You get a report card. There are exams. There are marks. There, there are, are principles to be met. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So progress is clearly, clearly marked. Maybe via exams, reports, projects. Um, life is great then. Isn't yeah. it simple? Yeah. Right? Straightforward. It's straightforward. But then what happens when your child is different and needs inputs that may have to be personalized and then the changes or the progress that, you know, the child makes does not necessarily follow a predictable path year after year just as it does for a typically developing child. And, you know, as a parent... Do you then interact differently with um, the school that your yeah neurotypical that, child yeah goes I mean to. let's assume there are two kids in the picture and mm. you have a neurotypical child and one who's neurodiverse then mm. what is your interaction like with the school vis-a-vis the let's say intervention center mm-hmm. yeah. yeah do you interact differently with um, the kindergarten your child with autism goes to. Uh, as opposed to other service providers. That the same child goes to. A same child goes yeah. to two places, but yeah. very different set of questions. Yeah. yeah. Of course, as a parent, you do have a right to know and the right to be involved at every step of the process of intervention. But on an aside, we are Indians. With a very clear idea of our rights and a... Very polluted idea of our duties. <laughs> Much like the air is in Delhi. <laughs> Absolutely. Hazy. Hazy notion of, you know, our duties and our responsibilities. And so, that brings us to what we want to talk about today. What can I ask my service provider? Be it your BCBA, your therapist, your occupational therapist, or your speech language pathologist, whoever your child is receiving services from. We have spoken about this before, but we have obviously a lot more to say on this topic. And every family we meet gives us new thoughts, new ideas and new insights into the topic. Sometimes it's something like how long will my child need therapy? Yep. 
will it be for six months? Is it a three month thing? Mm. Do I need to pull him out from school for a year? Mm. Mm. And this is often a question parents ask because they're looking at um, relocating, for example. I mean, you live, you know, even if it's in the same city, you live somewhere where there isn't any service provider available close to you. Or you live in a town or uh, another city where... There isn't much happening. So very often parents ask this question. Okay, so I want to relocate if my child needs services. Uh, is it okay? I mean, I'm sure I can go back in six months, right? So maybe the mom and the child can shift. And is that doable? It's a question many times uh, families ask us. Oh, it's a fair question. Unfortunately, no clear formula or no clear answer, right? The truth is many children with ASD need support for a very, very long time. Mm -hmm. There are very few that actually migrate out of the system um, successfully. Yeah, yeah. With absolutely no need for additional um, support. That kind of seems unrealistic, right? Yes. Because many children may need inputs from time to time to help them through specific challenges that crop up at at various points of time. After all, The child is growing, there are new challenges that can pop up. So having a review with the service provider at regular intervals may be the way to go, keeping in mind what are the planned outcomes of therapy. This is something that's pre-decided and it's a dialogue that's ongoing really. So while there is really no clear answer to that question of how long does my child need therapy, Um, And sometimes when we tell families, like, look, there is no time frame that can largely be specified. It does result then in families wanting to know, oh, my God, is this lifelong then? Is this what I'm going to be doing or is this what the child is going to need all his life? Well, the simple answer is that we are all learning all the time. And so they do too. As they grow and encounter new uh, situations and expectations pop up in life. We all end up studying well into our 20s and may I say well into our 50s sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) And so will the kids with ASD. Yeah. What makes them any different? I mean, we never ask schools uh, when, uh, you know, when kids are going to, you know, need to stop studying. Yeah. Right? How long is my child going to have to come to your school? That's never a question you ask. Yeah. No. Yeah. Except that there is a system laid out there. that Which means, you know, at the end of grade 10 or 12, you're out. You're out. And then you go on to doing your whatever um, college education. And that can go on for a very long time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, we never ask schools where typical children go. So, sometimes... There are no clear answers here, unfortunately. Yeah, the big question we ask, we hear often. How How did my child do today? Today, yeah. How is he doing? A very general question. How is he doing? I mean, that (laughs) I find is the most challenging question to answer because the short answer will always be he's fine. Yeah. Unless something extraordinarily unusual happened that we believe the family needs to know, Mm. which would then, you know, either be in a crisis report, Mm -hmm. an incident report or Mm. something like that. Mm -hmm. So service providers may report changes, may and they should report changes uh, that are significant learnings that the family can implement at home. 
Uh, Maybe the first man, that, right? That's a reason to celebrate. celebrate. For sure. The yeah. first man, a huge jump in vocalizations, anything, anything. that's significant. Yeah. But anything yeah. that's following the predicted trajectory, mm-hmm. you, don't, you don't need to. Like, did he eat a snack today? Did he use the toilet? Did he drink enough water? Mm. Did he, you know, ask you for something? Yeah. Maybe that's not what you want to ask. Yeah. How was he today? <laughs> How was he today is extraordinarily hard. Yeah. <laughs> so th- that brings us to, can you ask your class teacher, right? Your typically developing child's class teacher, any of this. Can you, can you actually go into your child's school and say, did my child eat snack? No. 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 You, you, can't, you can't ask them that. No. You can check their box, yeah. sure. Yeah. And you can ask them and you can hope to God that another child didn't steal it or even worse, trash it. Yeah. Yeah. But honestly, you can't ask you your can teacher ask. this. Yeah. Yeah. So if you can ask your teacher any of these questions in, at the school that your child goes to, then maybe asking your child service provider um, or a therapist these questions is also not relevant because they are educators as well. And have so much more to do than just tell you if your child ate a snack today. Sometimes it just isn't enough time for that. Case in point. Yep. It's close to midnight and we're still doing this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> and believe it that if anything is relevant and significant, then the service providers Absolutely. will let you know. Oh, yeah. All the time. All yeah. the time. So if you have a meeting coming up with your service provider, then speak to them about pressing concerns that you believe can get in the way of your child's functioning. Ask them what you can do as a family to support your child and help your child grow. And most of all, like super important, this one is listen to what they have to say because chances are they might just know what they're doing. Yeah, absolutely. Remember that you need to give your child the time and the support they need to learn and grow. And for that, you need to join hands with the service provider to enable the child. Well said, yeah. Yeah. Yep. And with that, we leave you and we will see you next time. Yeah. Take care and stay safe.